Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. Paid for this. Yes, you are In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Yes, it is brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Yes, it is a Friday, but guess what? I got my guy Q Myers, who's riding shotgun today. This was such a big weekend for the Raiders, who face. I know Q doesn't like to talk about must wins, but I feel like this is a must win. They got to win on Sunday, period, exclamation point. And then we'll deal with the rest of the season after that. But this is a must win for the Raiders. Q Myers, it was such a big weekend that Q's riding shotgun with me today. He's over at the Treasure Island Hotel over at the Golden Circle Sportsbook. It's a great place. Trust me when I say that. I know it's bustling on a Friday night. Lots of things going on in the sports world. Uh, I could already picture what it's like over there with all the uh, the TVs and the sports and drinks and great food. Uh, I'm in Kansas City. Of course, the Raiders are playing in Kansas City this weekend, so I had to make the trip out here. It's cold, but it's not too bad, Q. Um, I think it's going to be manageable for the Raiders. First of all, thank you for riding shotgun with me today. I truly appreciate that. You know how the schedule can get uh, in the NFL season with some of these road trips, but I truly appreciate you sticking around uh, and doing your thing. How are you doing, my man? I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. And yeah, it's going on right here at the Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook. It's a fantastic location, like you mentioned. All these TVs here. Uh, of course, uh, great drinks and, and food specials, so we definitely encourage you to come by. Lots of prizes to give out here at the table. Danny's here with us, and so, uh, yeah, just come on by and hang out, and we're going to have some good uh, conversations for the next few hours and Vinny's going to hold it down in KC I'm going to hold it down right here well let's get right to it Q um you know because the Raiders have had difficulties handling business on a consistent basis they have backed themselves into a corner right now where there's very very little wiggle room if they want to get to where they want to get to and we know where they want to get to Q Mike Mayock talked about it at the beginning of the season. John Gruden talked about it at the beginning of the season. Derek Carr talked about it in the beginning of the season. This was a season where the playoffs were a realistic goal, an objective. It's where they wanted to go. It's where they felt they were worthy of going. But they've backed themselves into a corner at 6-6. Six and six. They lost some games they should have won. Uh, they've left themselves no wiggle room. So I'm just going to say it, Q. they got to win this game against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday flat out. Oh, it's no doubt about it, you know, and it's unfortunate for the team that they have put themselves in this position. And, you know, you mentioned everything that was said about the playoffs. I think it's a team that should have gone to the playoffs. I think there should be no doubt. There should have been no other expectations but the playoffs. It's been a very long time since they've been in the playoffs. It's 2016. And then it was a very long time before that. They should have expected the playoffs this year. But I'll tell you right now, my my conversations about the playoffs aren't that much right now because they haven't shown anyone that they can win consistently. They win in Dallas, big win. Have Washington at home, loss. That sets them back. Now, all of a sudden, you're on the road against Kansas City, and they play well on the road, so maybe they'll they'll shock everyone, including myself, but they put themselves in a bad situation, Vinny. They have, and, um, you know, a lot of people this week, uh, Lincoln Kennedy and I um, uh, obviously hosting uh, in the huddle. I'm sure you got this as well uh, on Unnecessary Roughness, uh, uh, which, which um, you know, uh, uh, pushes into um, uh, this show uh, from 2 to 4 o'clock. But, Q, um, a lot of people have been saying, hey, can the Raiders win? Can the Ra- Will the Raiders win? Can the Raiders win? Listen, can the Raiders win? Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely 1,000%, yeah. Q. They can win this game. Will they win this game? Listen. 
as far as I'm concerned, and this is what I've preached all week long, I don't know. But give me the first quarter of Sunday's game, and I'll have a pretty darn good idea of where this thing might be headed because the Raiders have been Jekyll and Hyde this year. And sometimes they show up, and when they do, they could beat the Baltimore Ravens. They could beat the Philadelphia Eagles easily. They could go to Denver uh, and beat the, the Broncos in convincing fashion. They go to Dallas. Nobody thought that they could win in Dallas, Q Myers. Nope. They go to Dallas and hang one on the on the Cowboys. That, that game probably shouldn't even gone to overtime. Let's be honest about that. That's how well the, Cowboys, the, the, the Raiders played. They've been able to beat good teams. They've been able to show up and play good, efficient football. So we know they can do it. So, yes, emphatically, 1,000%, they could go to Kansas City on Sunday and win a game. The question is, what Raider team shows up? And that's what's so frustrating to everybody in that building in Henderson and I'm sure to all of Raider Nation. And we don't know. We can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, it's going to be that Raider team this week. Because every time you think that Raider team is going to show up, the other Raider team shows up and vice versa. Yeah, and we had this – it's funny. We had this conversation at the Rockstar on Saturday before the Washington football team uh, game. And, and I remember I was saying that I think that the Raiders are going to put 30 points up. And I remember being asked, like, well, how do you know that? And I said, well, they just – they have to at this point. They have to win these games. If they're trying to get to the playoffs, they have to win these games. And the question kept saying, but how do we know it's going to happen? And I kept saying, well – I mean, I don't know because we don't know, but I, I just feel like that that's what they're going to do because they know they got their eyes on the prize. Well, they didn't. They didn't do it. And so when you look at playoff teams, you look at teams that are consistent. You're looking at teams that you have a pretty good idea of what they're going to be. And right now, through 12 games, you don't know who this Raiders team is. You don't know the identity. You don't know what they want to do. You don't know how they're going to try to beat you because it's, it's like – it's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing right now, which is probably the most frustrating part. Brother, I've been with you at the Rockstar Bar getting asked that same exact question, and I feel bad because – and I felt this way even on Saturday before the game last week. I don't know. I wish I could tell them, the fans, because they want answers, and, and rightfully so. Are, how are they going to do tomorrow? I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's not because I don't think that they can win or that I think they're going to lose. It's just I literally don't know what Raider team is going to show up. And here's the thing. They've got five games left for the good Raider team to show up. And if they can do that, then their world is still right there in front of it. it truly is. That's not hyper, uh, hyperbole. That's not an exaggeration. If the good Raider team shows up, they can win every one of these games that they're playing uh, the rest of the way. But finding that consistency yep. has been problematic. Uh, Q, I'm going to ask you a question. Where do you okay. think the Raiders' offense ranks this year? Oh, man. Jeez. Uh, I, I would probably say – I would say it should rank in the top ten, but I don't believe it does. I want to say it's probably in the 20s. They rank 10th. Oh, do they in really? Total yards. Wow. They, they that shows 10th. you how good their 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 big games are. That shows you how big their big games are. Because uh, example, the last game was piss poor and it wasn't very good at all. So that wouldn't help. So man, they're really dominating in games that they they play offense well. Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. What it shows more than even that, because there is an element of the truth to that. There's no question about it. Where do you think the Raiders? Pass offense ranks right now. Oh, it's got. I mean, if they're tenth, it's got to be top five, no doubt. Because their run. I'm about to say their run game is terrible. Their run game is 29th. Bingo. Their run, I want to pound 
my fists on this uh, desk that I'm at the, at the Marriott here in Kansas. You break it, you buy. Want to pound. You break it, I, you buy. I, I, I might get fined. I might. Yeah. I might. There might be something on the bill uh, after I check out on some broken furniture here, Q. Because you can't be the 29th best running team in the or worse. I don't know how you want to call it. I'll, I'll say worse. You can't be the 29th ranked run team in the NFL if you want to get to where you want to get to. And for me, for my money, Q. If you want to analyze everything and look at everything and criticize this and criticize that and bench this guy and bench that guy, or what's the answer? How do you figure it out? What do you do? Run the damn ball a little bit better, Q. Yeah. Run the ball a little bit better. Don't put it all on the hands of the pass offense because we know historically it just doesn't work that way. It doesn't when, – when everyone in the, in, the, in the stadium knows you're going to be throwing the ball because they don't respect the, the run, the, your run game, what the heck do you think is going to happen? Yes, sometimes you're going to have great games. That's why they're ranked where they are um, in, in terms of the pass offense. It's why they're ranked as high as they really are in, the, in, in offense overall in terms of yards. But That's when you crazy. can't run the game, you can't sometimes start games well because you're not able to set the tone. You're not able to get third and short yarded situations sometimes because you can't count on being able to get those two yards on the ground. So sometimes you got to do some trickery trying to throw for it, even though you should be able to just go get those two yards on the ground. You can't close games out. You can't possess the ball the way you need to. You can't keep your offense fresh the way you have to. If you're only relying on your pass game to do all of that, you're up you-know-what creek, Q. Yeah, no doubt, and, and that's the problem, you know. I mean, Josh Jacobs not having one game so far this season where he's over 100 yards tells you all you need to know. This is a 1,000-yard back, you know, 1,100-yard back uh, the first couple of seasons in the league, and now he can't, he, you know, he, he'd be lucky if he gets to 80 yards in a game. I mean, that's, that's, that's a problem, you know. That's a major problem. And so uh, the big uglies, man, I mentioned it on Unnecessary Roughness a little while ago, the big uglies, they've got to – They've got to dominate, and they haven't dominated all this season. They've had moments where they've been good, but they haven't been good enough. And, unfortunately, you're already going into week 14, so I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better uh, before the season's over, whenever that season ends. You know, I think it's just going to be like you have to deal with it as you, you, know, as you, you do. So the Raiders rolled the dice in the offseason. They uh, sacrificed one to make a, another area better, uh, and it worked, except for it didn't work because the offensive line has struggled. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you, uh, you you couched it that way because it was a calculated risk. And they had to do something to do what they also had to do, which was fix the defense. You're not getting unique in Gogway, um if you, if you don't free up some money elsewhere. Q, we've talked about this before. Typically, salary caps go up by $10, $15 million a year. That's historically every single year. So when you're drawing up your contracts in 2018 and 2019 and projecting forward to 2021, you have a pretty good idea of where the salary cap is going to be based on the typical growth spurt of, of, uh, of salary caps. Right. What is a salary cap? The salary cap is the player's collective take about 49% of total revenue. So at the end of each year, they look back and say, how much did we make? Well, we made this many billions of dollars. Okay, split it in half. That money goes to uh, the players. Split that up by 32 teams. That's your salary cap each year. And every single year, it goes up. Never fails. Except for 2020. Right. Why? Well, COVID-19. Remember, nobody went to games, Q. Lots of uh, uh, revenue that usually gets generated didn't get generated. So rather than the salary cap going up, 
to $215 million or so. Not only did it not do that, Q, it had to go down. That's how, uh, uh, that's how much of a, uh, a financial hit right. the NFL took last year. So now you got to get to 180 from about, what, 197, I think it was? Yeah. So not only did the Raiders have to get to 180, they had to get below 180 because they also had to go fix a defense. So they looked at the offensive line and said, well, Rodney Hudson's making a lot of money. Gabe Jackson's making a lot of money. We got to free up some money. That was where they went to, to, to free up the kind of money that they needed to go fix the defense. And I think we can all agree, Q, the defense has been better, right? Oh, it's, it's, been, it, and, like, it's, it's not, it hasn't been the liability. It hasn't been the reason why the Raiders lose games. Right, exactly. So, but to do that, you had, like you just said, to take something away to fix something else. The calculated risk being Andre James is gonna is ready to be the start a starting center in the NFL. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, the rookie, is gonna lock down right tackle. Richie Incognito is gonna be you know come back on a reduced far reduced cost uh, to come uh, you know do do his thing at left tackle at, or at left guard. And Denzel Good, who's coming off a pretty good year, yeah, he was. was gonna lock down the other guard spot. All of which blew up in their face we all know that uh Richie Incognito has not played it down Rich Bisaccia talked about today mm, very doubtful that he's gonna come shocking he's not coming <laughs> right right Denzel Good <laughs> go ahead <laughs> saw that coming from a mile away right right and that you know and and the Raiders did kind of did too that's why they cut him remember he got cut <laughs> right in order to get the salary from where it was to where it is because they knew that it was going to be a risk, and they didn't want to leverage themselves uh, with that kind of money. And, okay, come back at this number. Hope for the best. Well, hope for the best blew up in everybody's face. Um, and so the two starting guards that they thought we were going to have, that didn't happen. Now, so, you know, we all know what happened. The point being is that calculated risk, and this happens, for, you know, we all see it from, from time to time. That calculated risk. It didn't work, and the Raiders are still trying to get that figured out. By the way, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Passionate Raider uh, is on the line. We're going to give Passionate Raider another chance here to be calm, cool, and collected Passionate Raider. We love the enthusiasm, but let's keep it in the uh, uh, in, in the white lines, okay? Benny. Oh, Benny. I'm here. You here? So... This weekend, this is all I've been trying to ask you all week long. So I've been trying to ask you. We all want the Raiders to go out there and win this weekend, right? That's, that's I mean, you do. I, I'm a reporter that covers the team. I, I, I can't say that I, so, I don't care. I mean, I'm interested in what I have to do, which is covering the team. So you want them to win, obviously. So if Derek Carr goes out and lays an egg this weekend, like he did last week, misses throws, inconsistent, what – what is the option for the Raiders going forward for the rest of the year? And I'll, I'll, take, the, I'll take the answer off the line. Thank you, Benny. Okay. Um, it's a great question. And here's the thing. Because I, I do a uh, you know, Q, you know, I cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review Journal. I'll do a mailbag each week. Somebody brought up, would they go and, and see what they have in Nate Peterman? They know what they have in Nate Peterman, for crying out loud. Come on. Nate Peter, whatever direction the Raiders may go in court, at quarterback next year, uh, if they move on from it Derek Carr, which, and it's not Marcus Mariota either. Stop with all that, okay? Um, so whoever, if they're gonna if they're gonna upgrade from Derek Carr or try to redo it or upgrade or whatever the case might be, I'd be shocked, Q, 
if that quarterback was on the roster right now. So um, to me, for as long as the Raiders have life, um, Derek Carr needs to be the starting quarterback. And for me, that's a done deal. And even if they don't have life, I'm pretty much going to guarantee that Derek Carr is going to play this thing out uh, and try to win as many games as possible uh, for this franchise that, that he loves, obviously. So what direction the Raiders go in, uh, I don't think that they're going to go in any particular in, in any direction other than Derek Hart for the rest of this season. After this season, I think for everybody, everything's on the table. Q, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I've said that as well. I've said that I feel like, you know, everybody's auditioning for next year right now. Everybody's auditioning for either Rich Bisaccia, Mike Mayock, or whoever else may be in that situation, in that position. Uh, nobody should be relaxed and think that, hey, this job is in the bag. Uh, for this season, uh, Derek Carr obviously makes the most sense. Now, I would have no problem, like Lincoln said earlier, you know, sprinkle in Marcus Mariota more Absolutely. than they do. You know, I'd have no problem with that at all. But I don't think that he's the answer to, you know, the riddle of, oh, all you got to do is slide in number eight and everything is solved. I mean, that's, if that was the case, I, th- I think he would have been in that position already. I, I don't I, – that's – he's been – first of all, he's been banged up the whole time he's been a Raider. And then the, right. times, the times that he hasn't been, I mean, they've very – they've used him very, uh, you know – sparingly so um it, it's if they if they move on from Derek Carr after the season unless they go and get a guy who's a future hall of famer then it's uh it, you have to know that it's a complete rebuild right without without a doubt and, Straight and, up. and here's exactly and my thing is I, I i don't get the oh let's take the best player on offense and right now Derek Carr's the best player on offense don't kid yourself he is the best player that the Raiders have on offense Darren Waller's not out there right now and when when Darren Waller is out there then it's Derek Carr and Darren Waller pretty much head to head all right and they both need each other too um so to take the best player on the offense out because you're frustrated over the offense uh because of problems that might not even have anything to do with Derek Carr I don't see the uh, logic in that whatsoever. So I hope I answered your question, Passionate Raider. I think you keep rolling with Derek Carr uh, until the end of the season and see where that takes you. And at the end of the year, make your uh, decision on, on what direction that you're going to go in. But I think it's pointless to play Nate Peterman right now. The Raiders know what they have in Nate Peterman. And as far as Marcus Mariota, he's not even under contract for next year. Right. So, um, you know, and, and, and listen, I don't want to, you know, put the cart before uh, the horse. But also, you have to look at it this right. Let's just say the Raiders did go in a different direction next year. Derek Carr is still a marketable commodity. You have him under contract for one more year. If that was the direction that they wanted to go in, I'm going to guarantee everybody right now, Derek Carr's got a market out there. Why would you try to diminish that market if that's what you're open to doing? I don't know that to be the case. I think more than likely, Derek Carr is probably going to be the quarterback again next year. But if 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 you're thinking about along those terms, what did Carson Wentz get? Uh, you know, from from the Indianapolis Colts. Right. What did uh, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like like, I can name some teams right now, and I'm sure you can too. Q, the Washington Football Team, uh, the New Orleans Saints. You don't think that there's some teams out there that need a quarterback? Are you kidding me? That right. feel like, hey, we're right there. We just need somebody that we can depend my, on. My question would be, my biggest question would be, if the Raiders as a team, as an organization, as a front office decided, okay, we're all going to move on from Carr. Or if Carr says, you know what, this has been awesome, I love this team, but enough is enough. Right. And, and, and decides to move on, who do you put in that position? 
Who is the <laughs> well, quarterback? Because if you trade him for draft picks, who in the drafts are you really getting that, that excites you realistically? Well, I mean, if, if, if in, in, in a perfect world, if it were to go down that direction, uh, I, I would look right to Houston. But that's just me. And it, it, things would have to clear up with, with, with a certain player's you know, um, uh, off-field can the, can, issues. Can the Raiders as an organization with everything that's gone on realistically? I know. You're right. You're you know right. what I mean? There's, yes. Right now, it's, it's, like, it's like I'm an alcoholic walking into a liquor store. It's probably right. not a good. It's not a good right. idea. You know what I mean? Like it's not a good idea. You're, yeah. No. No. That's a great point. Um. And so. So that. But that. It. 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 It just shows you too. That's. That's one more reason why this isn't some kind of cut and dry type of thing, man. Right. Right. Like, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask you what I asked Lincoln. Name. You know. You, you're talking about who was the best quarterback before uh, Derek Carr in Rich Raider Gannon. organization. Rich okay. How long ago was that, Q? I know. Believe me, I know. It's it's man. Uh, the Raiders have been through Dante Culpepper. They've been through Aaron Brooks. They've been through Bruce Gradkowski. They've been through yada 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 yada. I mean, you know what I mean. I'm, and I'm not saying that um, you know Mike Mayock uh, doesn't have the wherewithal to go figure that 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 issue out. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Right. I'm just saying that it's not easy. It's not always easy. No, if it to was easy, that. they wouldn't it, it wouldn't have taken that long to find Derek Carr. Right. So just be careful on right. what you're like I've always been what's 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 harder to do? Go find somebody that's as good or better than Derek Carr or just try to fix what's going on around Derek Carr. Um and and I felt like, you know, before the bye week and we all know what happened in the bye week. That Raider offense was really starting to figure some things out. Guys were emerging. Guys were developing. The pieces were starting to fit, even without a great run game or even a, 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 a really good run game. Uh, that offense was, was firing on all cylinders those, first, those last two games before the break. It's, you could see it coming together. you know. And yep. so uh, we're going to leave it right there. But that's Now, so I'll that, say this. Because- I'll say this. If you do believe that you have an upgrade, Go for it. You know, I'm of not. Course. I'm not. A, I'm not a guy that just thinks that you need to. You know, just because you're comfortable means that you need to stay comfortable. If you feel like you could take that next step and get better, by all means, do it. Um, exactly. I'm right there with you. No question about it. Like, like there's. And if there was an opportunity, and I'm the general manager, I'm jumping right. on that opportunity. Like Kansas City what, did. Kansas City did that. They had Alex Smith. He's comfortable. He was safe. He was good. Patrick Mahomes. They saw an opportunity to upgrade and get better, and they did it. Right. Exactly. So, uh, but you ha- you better have that you know uh, procession plan yep. in place because it could you could fall off the cliff uh, otherwise. So it's just something to consider, and and you know for a lot of reasons, uh, I think that Derek Carr needs to be out there the rest of the season. That's it. At point exclamation point. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Q Myers, who's live at the uh, Treasure Island Hotel over at the Golden Circle Sportsbook uh, in Las Vegas. Trust me when I say I know I'm there pretty much every Friday. That is the place to be on Friday night. It's a great scene. There's great food. There's great drinks. There's all kinds of sports up there. And, of course, Q is there. And the I mean, water's good. Reason? The water and is the wa- fantastic. Really? I was going to ask you that because it did get a little chilly outside, Q. But I guess our, the hey, still- look, hey, man, when you're at the TI and Treasure Island and the Golden Circle Sportsbook, it don't matter how cold it is outside. The water is always refreshing. All right. I like that, uh, and I want a full report. Um, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor uh, and, and Q Myers, who – holding it down for uh, in the huddle and unnecessary roughness. And we're both brought to you right now by uh, uh, Embajador Tequila. So we'll check you on the other side. Love the conversation.
Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You know, I think when you look at the success we had in Denver and Philly um, and Dallas, you know, we got off to quick starts. And really the Cincinnati game, defense gave us the ball on the nine-yard line and we come out of there with a field goal. So I think in the games that have either gone down to the wire for us or certainly the ones that we've had a chance to win at the end, we've started fast. So we've addressed that with the players. We've addressed that with each other. Um, we're always trying to do that. You know, we're, we're, um, we're trying to finish faster if we can. And, and uh, so, again, we, we do things in practice at times. We do things in some of our preparations and pregame to get us a mindset. We'd love to get off the field in the first set on defense, and we'd love to score with our first set on offense. I think when you listen to coach speak, we'd all like to do that, right? That's how we'd like to enter um, every game. Um, when it goes in your favor that way, you feel like you can keep rolling. When it doesn't, well, we've been 14 down and come back and won a game as well this year. So um, either way, we have to keep going. But we'd certainly love to start fast. As Raiders interim head coach Rich Passaccia uh, talking to the media earlier this week uh, over the practice facility uh, in Henderson, and, and you know, uh, Rich, it's 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 no um, it's no secret uh, how this has all kind of played out this year. When the Raiders have started fast, they've given themselves a chance uh, to, to win games, uh, and it's still even in their fast quote unquote fast starts. Dallas was definitely a fast start. Yep. Um, you know, uh, the Denver game was a pretty fast start too, uh, if I if, if I remember correctly. Um, but but when, when you pretty much know early on what you're going to get from the Raiders, which Raider team is going to show up, and just bottling that up and figuring out the recipe to get started quickly um, has been it's it's just been an issue this year for the Raiders. And I, you know, um, I think a lot of it comes down to execution. And you know, we talk about a sense of urgency and. Um, I think the Raiders are playing hard. Uh, I don't know if everybody's playing smart necessarily, Q. You know, um, I think – go ahead. Andy, the, the thing about it is what really bothers me the most is the Raiders and, and just any team really, they look at the AFC and they see how close everything is and that you're one game here away from being – you're going from last place to first place. Or, you know what I mean? Like you're going from being the ninth seed to the fifth seed. I mean, that could happen like in one weekend. You could also yep. make that drastic jump. And I don't understand how a team of professionals can't come out of the locker room lathered up and just on fire. Just You know what I mean? Like pumped up you see him run through you know the the run through when the announcer is announcing the names you see Derek Carr run last and he jumps up and down he turns around looks towards the black hole jumps up and down and gets everyone to yell well that's energy how come that energy is not portrayed on the field once they get the snap yeah and you know I I I asked Derek this week about that like like how do you define urgency you know any any kind of laugh because he knew where I was uh, I guess sort of headed with the question too because Invariably, um, Q, how we're gonna how we're gonna define it, how we're gonna interpret it is: Are you having success or not? Right. You know, like so we so we base the conclusion on the results. And 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 Derek understood, and he he laughed, and he was like, "Look, we start fast in in Dallas. Oh, we're urgent. We don't start fast uh, in a, in another. You know, maybe we have a mental error, and and you know, we 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 can't." extended drive and we're off the field after three downs all of a sudden they weren't urgent uh, you know like it, I, I know where he's going with that which is that's a cop out though 
That's a cop out. You know what I, I mean? Just, uh, in, on in terms of, I, I think that's a cop out where you know it's oh well if we do this well then we're urgent if we're not we're not no you know when the team comes out with a sense of urgency and plays with some energy and, and I always put this in the turn and, and you know as well because I mean you're a fantastic writer I think I'm a pretty good radio guy if right. I if I'm on the radio from two to four and my show doesn't get good till three thirty guess what most people have stopped listening. Yeah, and, and, and if and you write a story and it doesn't get good until the end, guess what? Most people have already gone and done something else. Right. Um, but but what I, I guess – all right, so in a team sport, when there's 10 other guys on the field, when there's 11 right. guys on the field, right? again, like five guys can be locked in. Like I, I – I, Right, but what, that's what I'm saying. That's my question. Why aren't 53 guys a, locked in? I, I think Derek Carr wants to know that answer as well, Link, uh, uh, Q. I really do. Because I think he is. I think he's always locked in. I, I don't I'm, think and any- and I'm, not, I'm not saying he's not. I, I don't know. That's, that's my question. And that's why earlier in the week I said, because I was basing this off of Josh Jacobs, and you were in the media session when Josh Jacobs yep. talked to us on Sunday. And I thought that that told us a lot without saying a whole lot. He said sometimes. I think we, we knew he was talking about, too. Yeah. To he, well, he said we coast. We don't. Who uh, he, but, but let me ask you, who do you think he was really talking about? Uh, I think he was talking about just the offense in general. I think he was talking about the offensive line. I think he was talking yes. about the play calling. I think he was talking yep. about a lot, you know, and he even – because he said something about – I don't remember who asked the question. It might have been Adam Hill. It might have been you. It might I don't know. It was about the sideline to sideline, and he said, I, I just – I'm not in charge of, of, of calling the plays. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I, I just it's, – it's, it's hard to explain, and that's – I don't have – the answer, and I don't think anyone really does. That's that's what's so frustrating because I don't think they have the answer uh, in the in the building as well as far as why why right. is it such a game to game you know kind of proposition? And uh, I I just feel like you have to be locked in one to eleven. And in football, if two guys aren't Q, oh my god, right. it could blow it, it, every- it could blow everything up. But the other thing is, the 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 problem is if. You, as the leader of the team, are seeing three, four guys not doing their job. I want you as the leader. I don't need I don't need the coach. I want you to the lead, even if you feel like you may be out of place. You know, I thought Big Ben did this last night and pulled a, a, a you know, a very suspect leadership-type role when he said, you know, I'm not in charge of whatever he said. He's like, that's on Mike Tomlin. Like, I thought that I was throwing the, the coach under the bus where you're a leader. You should do this. Derek Carr is a leader. Josh Jacobs is a leader. Max Crosby is a leader. If somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do and they're not clicking on all cylinders like they're not supposed to go out there and they're not going out there fired up, then, damn it, go tell them. Hey, man. Hey. Hey. Like Josh Jacobs said, I go to the O-line and say, let's go, guys. Let's not take till the third quarter to be who we are. Let's go be who we are right now. Q, that's, when, that's I, uh, when I when I cover the Lakers, um, it was, uh, you know, all the way through. That was many years. So it was toward the end of Kobe's career, right? Yeah. And um, and at that point, uh, and you know how it is in the NBA, it's a grind. It's like every day right. you're either practicing or playing, right? So at that stage of his career, they monitored him. So they, they didn't want him practicing all the time because in their eyes, and rightfully so, we just need you for the games at this point. You right. know, just right. be ready to play physically. So he would just sit back there doing the bike, you know, getting getting treatment, all of that kind of stuff. Um, while the rest of the team practiced. So one day he shows up to practice. It had been a while, all right? So, and there was 
screaming, yelling, cussing. Yeah. He was undressing dudes, all right? And I'm, I'm being straight up, right? Yeah. And so afterwards, we're like, why would you come out and play practice? And he's like, you know something? He's like, sometimes when the cat's away, the mice are going to be playing. I've been sitting back watching this nonsense, you know, watching the, this yeah. team practice. Yeah. And I was like, I had to come back out there to tell it, to get everybody's ass up yep. back into it. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So, yes, that does happen. And it's got to be frustrating. I know it was for Kobe Bryant. And the only way he was able to express it was to come down there and lay down the hammer as he did in practice and embarrassed people. And, and that's why cameras. he's who he is, though. You know, that's why he right. is who he was. You know what I mean? He was he was over the top. He was the guy in the gym working on a Friday night where everyone else was out at the club. And people called him a you-know-what hole exactly. That, by exactly. the way. Exactly. And you know I'd what? be like, uh, I would love to be want? that guy. Call me that because I want to push everyone to be great. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and so, uh, yes, there has to be somebody that can take a team by its throat like that from time to time um, and, and, and be that way. Listen, Derek said something kind of interesting. I don't know if you caught this. Um, and maybe we have the, uh, the, the clip at some point. Uh, we'll, we'll try to find it. But I, and I believe it was this week. Could have been last week, but it might have been this week. And he was talking about how I could say a lot right now and I could give you guys a lot right now, <laughs> you know, and, and probably blow up Twitter with what I say, but I'm just going to, you know, like, like, and I was wondering, what do you mean by that? What's what it, 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 it was kind of insinuating that, you know, like, like I, there's, you know, maybe there aren't, uh, maybe everyone isn't coming in as locked in as they need to be, to play a football game, to start off to play right. a football game. And, you know, you hear that from everybody. I used to talk to Dan, Don Manningly when he was a manager of the Dodgers, his one, the one thing that he demanded, uh, Q, the one thing that he stressed that he said, I don't care what you do off the field, but you better show up ready to take your hacks from the first pitch on. Be prepared to play from the first inning on because in his eyes, guys give up at bats early in games. That could be the difference between winning and losing. Yep. So you have to start fast. You have to, what did Rich Passaccia talk about? Finish faster. But yep. that starting faster thing, has been very elusive for the Raiders this year, and some something's not clicking right now this in that regard. This ain't college football, and they're not Alabama. You know what I mean? College football, Alabama, Ohio State, um, Clemson at times, uh, Michigan this year, Georgia, they can start slow and still finish so strong that they beat the brakes off a team. They could do that. They could do that. The NFL right. is a different ball game. You cannot do that because everybody was Alabama at some point. Did everybody could play. Did, did Q just figure it out? Maybe they have too many guys from Alabama and Clemson on the team. That, well, and, and, well no, you know what's funny is that Josh Jacobs said, talked about playing down to the level of competition. He said, I don't even know about that. I've never done that because you know what they do? At Alabama, they don't do that. I don't, right. care, I don't care if De La Salle is coming in. Alabama is going to beat the brakes off them. And then, right. and then they're going to beat the brakes off some more. I mean, they're going to do that because, and I said this in Unnecessary Roughness earlier, they're not worried about the opponent in the other jersey. They're worried about their going out there and executing their game, and that's why they play at the level that they play. The Raiders need to not worry about the jersey or what the name on the, on the, on the uniform is. They need to go out there and play their game and be who they are all the time. And the way the SEC rolls, I actually did. I think I did see uh, De La Salle on Alabama's schedule next right, year. Right, exactly. It was, it was probably <laughs> in November or December too. That's what's right, worse. Right, right. Yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> a quick aside, because I was looking at 
I was watching Georgia last week against Alabama, and I listen. You know, we get so locked into what we're doing that it's hard sometimes to really lock in on something else, right? Yep. yep. Uh, outside the Raider world, um, uh, and so I finally got a real chance to watch Georgia play. Uh, on, you know, uh, last Saturday, and yep. I was anticipating the greatest team ever, like the way so people have been. All right, had had been have been pumping these guys up. Then I was like. I don't, the quarterback's just okay. The defense is okay, but you know, they're not, you know, then I started looking at their schedule. I'm like, oh my, you know, they didn't really play that great of a schedule, Q. And their best win was against a down Clemson team. Uh, they beat an Arkansas, okay, Arkansas, okay, Kentucky team. Um, they, they played <laughs> Southern Charleston this right. year. Um, so maybe we just propped up Georgia a little bit. Too that much. was my anyway. fault. That was my fault. I did. I did that. I did do that. <laughs> I pumped them up, but it was I, your I, fault. No, it was. I, and I, I even said on the radio that I thought Georgia was going to beat the brakes off Alabama. And I'm an Alabama fan. Like I really like I know, Alabama, exactly. but Georgia, their defense had been so stellar that I thought, okay, no, no chance that Alabama has in this game. They don't give up no points. And I was wrong. And I had no problem with saying I was wrong. And that's why Alabama's who Alabama is because, damn it, when their back's against the wall, they show you why they stand so tall. Well, I, there's no question rhymes. who the better quarterback is <laughs> between those two teams, by the way. That dude is a magician, um, uh, the former modern-day quarterback. He And he's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, and there ain't so. no probably about it. He getting that tomorrow. There you go. Uh, hey, we got a whole bunch of calls. We promise we're going to get to you guys. Um, uh, but So hang in there. You're in the huddle and unnecessary roughness on a Friday. Q is live over at the Treasure Island Hotel, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Just take my word. It's a great place. If you're nearby, stop by. I'm here in Kansas City. Raiders are playing the Chiefs on Sunday, so uh, I'm out here to cover that game. Um, in the huddle, unnecessary roughness. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Friday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Hey, it's bad boys for life. All right, so, um, by the way, you're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Uh, Q Myers holding it down over at the Treasure Island Hotel, uh, the Golden Circle Sportsbook. Q, um, we'd be remiss not to uh, mention that an uphill climb for the Raiders, uh, if it is an uphill climb uh, on Sunday against Kansas City, got a little steeper um, with the news today that Darren Waller is officially out. Carl Nassib is officially out. Denzel Perryman, uh, the just fantastic linebacker who's been playing uh, lights out football, uh, is doubtful right now. They're going to leave open the possibility that uh, that Denzel can get right by Sunday. Uh, kind of an uphill climb in that regard. So um, once again, whatever the Raiders do, uh, they're going to have to manufacture it without um, arguably their best offensive player, along with uh, number four uh, at quarterback, without Darren Waller. So uh, no excuses this time of year. Everybody's hurt. Uh, everybody's dealing with injuries. Uh, but that's a big loss, and the Denzel Perryman uh, loss defensively uh, would would be a real uh, a real blow to that side of the ball as well. Yeah, no, it really will be, and I'm interested to see what Gus Bradley does, how he uh, you know goes about it defensively, how he attacks the Kansas City Chiefs offense, because that's what he has to do. He can't sit back there and allow them to pick them apart. He's got to find a way to attack that Chiefs offense. So I wonder if you're going to see a little bit maybe more Tyree Gillespie on the field, if you're going to see a little bit more Divine Diablo on the field, and maybe, maybe uh, you see a little bit more Jonathan Abram in that linebacker role, and you see these other guys maybe play a, a role where they're 
going out, you know, covering Travis Kelsey or, or getting the back out of the backfield, you know, something like that. I, I think that they got to get a little creative defensively in this game because I'll, I know one thing about the Chiefs. When they see number 24 on the field defensively, they go after him. Yeah, they do. And, you know, uh, what do – what do great offenses do? They find the mismatch on the field and yep. exploit it over and over and over again. That's what you do. Um, it doesn't get, it doesn't have to be all complicated. Sometimes, you know, sometimes right. it's the the easiest path uh, is what you do. So Jonathan Abram uh, definitely needs to respond. The crazy thing about Jonathan, I feel anyway, uh, Q, is that um, it's not like he hasn't been in position on some of these big plays. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's those fit and he's done a good job getting better at that, to be honest with you. Um, if we're, if we're being honest here, uh, but he just, there's, there's those 50, 50 balls that, you know, he just needs to work on that part of it too. Like the awareness and getting the body right and, and timing the jump to block, to knock down a pass. Um, it just, he, he feel he looks uncomfortable in that regard. Right, exactly. We got a text on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. I fell off the Perriman hype train. He was great early, but is exposed in pass defense. We only rushed four, so it's easy to sit back and tackle what comes through the line after a five-yard gain. So uh, a texter that's clearly not a big fan of uh, what Denzel Perriman's doing, but I'll tell you one thing. I think that he's been a solid addition, and I think he's helped the rest of the defense really play uh, a lot better than they have in, in previous it, years. It's it's very, very hard to find somebody that could do it all at linebacker. I mean, it's just that's just not – where football is going. That's why you're seeing so many of these safeties being brought into the picture uh, to move down to linebacker or using that third safety uh, in the box uh, because, and you're going to give up some run maybe because you're not going to get the girth. You're not going to get the size necessarily, but you're going to get the fleet of footness uh, to be able to keep up with some of these guys. But even in that regard, um, Q, a lot of times you're going to give like Travis Kelsey being a perfect example, as is Darren Waller. I don't care how fast a guy is that, right. that can keep up with Darren Waller. Just throw it up, and he's going to go get it. Travis Kelsey is a mountain of a man. Darren right. Waller is a mountain of a man. So it becomes a game of, you know, just physics. Like, right. he's taller. It's just like playing basketball. That's right. why guys post up down on the block. Um, so it's hard. And and I know Denzel Perryman's not the best in pass coverage, but my gosh. Uh, don't lose sight of what he's also been able to do as the leader of that defense and make a play sideline to sideline um, as a uh, as a tackler and as a runner. And here's the other thing, Q. It's not – obviously you want to bat down every ball. You want to have a lock-up situation where the guy doesn't even throw to your guy, all right? That's the yeah. ideal perfect world. It rarely happens. Uh, the way the rules are structured, the way as, 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 as clever as offenses are, as good as those receivers are, as good as the quarterbacks are, that's hard to do. The key then becomes tackle the guy as quickly as possible. It's not so much the pass catch that's killing that kills you, and in the Raiders' case, yeah. it's the yards after the catch. So Travis Kelsey is going to get his. He's probably going to catch about eight balls, right? Am I right or wrong? He's going to that's, – that's, that's, that's probably what he's going to get. He can't have 160 yards to go with that. It needs to be eight, eight catches – 78 yards. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but if that does happen, the Raiders are going to be in a pretty good position. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. It, it's, it's again, you, you kind of pick your poison. You know what I mean? You look at it and you say, okay, uh, this is where they're going and this won't kill us or this will kill us. You know what I mean? It's like you can have numbers, but then be really ineffective numbers. Perfect example, Josh Jacobs had nine catches last week. If you heard that right. anyone had nine catches, you say, oh, that was a good day. He had 38 yards. Right, you're you know looking, what I mean? at nine catches. You're looking at a buck twenty-five. At exactly, the exactly. So the numbers and the targets and the catches can be deceiving if you allow it to be. 
We're going out to the Raider Nation listener line, H in Albuquerque. How you doing, H? Nice to talk to you, Vinny. Hey, cute. What up, hey, so I've had a hard time trying to get in the last few days, so I held on a little bit longer. But unfortunately, you took all the bullets out of my gun before I got on the air with you. I was going <laughs> to talk about the inconsistent play of the offensive line. And, um, you know, you mentioned uh, recently just Abram and Perryman and some of the some of the weaknesses they have in their game. And it's not those one or two things that hurt us, but they compound what our real problems are. When we have inconsistent protection on the offensive line, it takes away what we do best, which is pass the football. You said earlier we have the number two ranked passing offense in the league, and we're among the league leaders in deep pass plays. I don't know if we still are the leader or we're right up there. Yep, absolutely. The, the, you know, you said the Raiders – uh, made a decision to reallocate some of their dollars from the offense to the defense, and it mostly worked. We have a decent defense now. It's you know it's still got a long way to go, but it's way way better than it was. We were saying in the off season, if they could just get a, a middle tier defense, then we can be a playoff team. That's what we ended up with. However, all those other issues it took from the offensive line. You know, like right. you've already said, we got Andre James, Simpson, Leatherwood in there. We got all this in. Uh, inexperience on the offensive line is lead to inconsistent protection. And if we can't have consistent protection, we can't consistently win football games. So or run the ball. Maybe we can beat the Chiefs, but the next five games, it's telling that we're not going to be cons- not going to finish out consistently. So, you know, what we're probably not going to win is the, the games that we need to win to make the playoffs, unfortunately. You know, yeah, um, I, I agree. That's a great call. Uh, um, I really appreciate it, H. And, you know, there's just – when I look at that run game, Q, I, I just don't see anything that the Raiders right now can hang their hat on. Um, it's just like a hodgepodge of run kind of concepts and trying to trying to create something. You know, they don't have anything that they can just say, this is what we do well, and this right. is what we're going to do when we got to do it. And they just haven't been able to get to that point, and it's really uh, hurting them. Richard is, is in the Inland Empire. Uh, how you doing, Richard? What's up, Vinny? How's it going? I'm good, my man. Q, thanks for calling out that, that cop-out, bro. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All good. Hey, um, I, I, I just got um, some questions. Like, like, dude, I, I, I agree. I don't think Mariota is uh, in the NFL, especially for our team. If anything, he'd be like a stopgap kind of guy. But other than that, he, he's not – like a, a future candidate. Um, and and I, I would like to piggyback off of what the last caller said, inconsistent blocking when the offensive line is actually averaging two and a half seconds. You know, so it, the pass blocking is there. The run blocking has been atrocious. Yep. Okay. Okay. The problems we're having is, you know, inconsistent passing. You know, you, you can't be, you know, two, two for eight, you know, it has to be a higher, a higher average of converting your third down, uh, uh, converting the third down. So my question to you is: Because you said, "Well, well, if the Raiders move on from Derek Carr, you said uh, basically it had to be like a superstar." But no, 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 no. I said, you, I, I said, it, it, if it's if you move on from Derek Carr, unless you're bringing in. Someone like Aaron Rodgers, someone who's going to be a future Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, maybe Deshaun Watson, any of those guys that are established, then you're basically doing a rebuild. Well, isn't it going to be? I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not trying. 
like rude or anything, but I mean, um, you know, um, it's pretty much going to be a, a, a rebuild. You're going to bring in a new coach, possibly a new GM, and I, I mean, I, I, I don't. I mean, this is going to be a third down rebuild around Derek Carr. I mean, is this is what you? I mean, I. I mean, the only people I've ever seen do this is the Detroit Lions, and you see where they're at. Good, good you know? call, good, good call, my man. And this is this is what I'll say. I'll just jump in real quick. This team has talent. Let's not yes, make any mistake about it. Definitely. It doesn't have to be a rebuild. There's teams that you've seen get new head coaches if the Raiders go in that direction to get a new head coach. There's teams you've seen get new head coaches and still have been able to take that next step and go. They have talent. They just have to figure out how to put it together and make it work and, and, and see what they have and go with it. They have talent. It's not like they're not. I'm saying if you move on from your quarterback and you don't have someone established, I don't care. I mean, Justin Herbert is an exception. He came in and he played really well as a rookie. That doesn't happen all the time. There's sometimes that it happens, but not very often. So when they bring in a rookie quarterback, if that's the direction that the Raiders were to go, just I'm just saying, just we're just throwing it out there for blanks and giggles. If if you were to do that, most likely you're telling your fan base, this is our quarterback of the future, but there's going to be some growing pains. Well, and, and as opposed to, and I'm just throwing this out there, go get Devontae Adams and fix the offensive line. Would that be easier than go and find the quarterback? I don't know. But you know what? If you told Raider Nation right now that you could have that kind of a scenario where you go get a Devontae Adams, who I think now would fit perfectly in this, in this situation, um, and then you, and then you're, you, you do what you got to do on the offensive line and, and hope that you're able to bring some of these other guys back defensively uh, that have played pretty well. All of a sudden, that looks a little bit different, doesn't it? I mean, am I crazy or what? No, no. And even Russell Wilson as a rookie wasn't – thank you, my man. Russell Wilson wasn't even a superstar when he came in, and I know that they won immediately, but they won with defense in a run game. That's right. what they run with. They didn't run with – they didn't win with Russell Wilson throwing it around the yard. And guess what? They haven't won since they didn't have a defense <laughs> in a run game. Yep, exactly. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Q Myers uh, holding it down over at the Treasure Island Hotel, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, doing his end of unnecessary roughness. I really appreciate uh, him sticking with us today. It's it's uh, I'm ha- I'm having a blast. I know that. Uh, so, but if you are in Las Vegas, go check Q out. Uh, he's got gifts. He's got. Uh, there's a lot of water out there, by the way. That's right. Uh, I know that for a fact. And uh, great food, great drinks. There's a bunch of TVs to watch your sports. Uh, go check it out. It's a really cool scene. Uh, when we come back, uh, Dr. Robert Odell will be joining us in his um, weekly uh, hit um, uh, that he does with us, going over the injury report and some of the things that are going on over at the Neuropathy and Pain Center. That is uh, coming up at 5 o'clock. Q, we will talk to you in just a little bit. In the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor, Lake, or Q Myers, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. <laughs> 